Welcome to the JACCP podcast. My name is Alan Zillick. I'm a professor and head of the Department of Pharmacy Practice at Purdue University College of Pharmacy. I also serve as an associate editor for the Journal of the American College of Clinical Pharmacy. Today, we are talking with Drs. Stephanie Shaw and Crystal Zhao. Dr. Shaw and Zhao are assistant professors of clinical pharmacy at the University of California, San Francisco School of Pharmacy. Together with co-authors Catherine Grunberg, Trang Trin, and Mitra Semi, they submitted a manuscript to JACCP entitled Implementation and Evaluation of Virtual Objective Structured Clinical Examination, or OSCEs, for pharmacy students, which will appear in the July 2021 issue. Dr. Shaw and Zhao, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having us. Thank you for having us, yes. Yeah, we want to thank you for your contribution to the journal, and uh, let's dive right in and talk a little bit about your paper. This was really a timely article, given the circumstances surrounding COVID and how we had to change all of our teaching. So I wonder if you could share with us the, some of the circumstances that were going on in early 2020 uh, that led to your creation of this type of an OSCE. Definitely. So this wasn't planned that we were transitioning our in-person OSCEs into virtual OSCEs, but as you are all familiar, in March 2020, basically everything had shut down. Our campus closed, all of our classes were being held virtually on Zoom, and same thing with all of the assessments as well. And so our first OSCE that had to become a virtual OSCE actually happened in March the end of March, which was very close to when we first shut everything down. And it just, it made us so nervous. Thinking of it right now, it's it was probably a blessing in disguise because we were able to pilot this virtual OSCE, but we didn't think that it would happen during a capstone OSCE for a P2 students who were actually going on to APPEs. And so because everything was shut down, we had to figure out how to make this OSCE work on Zoom. We transitioned from a six-station OSCE for a capstone to a one-station OSCE, which was very unfortunate, but we just didn't know how a Zoom virtual OSCE would work. And so everything became virtual. We transitioned everything onto Zoom, started recording in Zoom, and that began our adventures of the virtual OSCEs. And maybe you could elaborate or, or sort of continue that line of thought. So I'm, I'm curious if maybe you could compare and contrast a little bit your, your live pre-pandemic OSCEs with then what you put together as your virtual OSCE. Sure. So for our live OSCEs, we have a Sim Center at the UCSF campus that holds 12 students for each OSCE encounter. And so when we were in the Sim Center, everything was controlled by the Sim Center staff. They would do the timing for us. They would program our checklists, both our content and communication checklists. They would train the standardized patients that we used, and they managed all the software that we used for grading. So we as faculty were pretty hands off with what the Sim Center staff were doing. But when we transitioned over to the virtual OSCEs, we were not able to use the help of the Sim Center staff anymore. And so we have our instructional staff at the school, which basically helped us to manage these Zoom OSCEs. 
They created breakout rooms for all of the different stations and all of the different students so that they were in a separate breakout room with each individual standardized patients. And instead of using paid actors, we had to use our faculty and some of our trainees, so our residents and fellows who were absolutely fabulous. Um, but it did require some more technology training. So instead of having our Sim Center staff record all the student videos, we had to train our faculty and trainees on how to use their own computers and record videos on Zoom and then eventually upload those secure videos to a secure cloud website so that we can review and also rescore the student videos if needed. So there were a lot of changes, um, also including use of ExamSoft, which is a grading site for assessments instead of Beeline, which is what we were using when we were in person at the Sim Center. So it sounds like there, there may be a lot of challenges in there in terms of working through this uh, implementation. Is there maybe one or two that you would say were your biggest challenges? Yes, there, there were definitely a lot of challenges. If I had to pick one or two, I think the biggest challenges had to do with technology. So a lot of our standardized patients were new, right? We've never done this virtual OSCE before. So it was just a new workflow to get used to. Each time a student entered into our breakout room or that patient room, we had to remember to hit the record button to record the encounter. And a lot of times we just forgot to do that. And so a student encounter would go unrecorded. And that's not good for us because then we weren't able to review the performance in case we needed to. The other challenge was probably recording and storage of the videos. Not everyone is Zoom technologically savvy. And so when we had to save the videos, they downloaded into a special folder onto the computer. And then we had to somehow find all these files and upload them into a cloud drive. The first time we did our virtual OSCEs probably took a week for us to collect all the videos and some were missing. So technology was definitely the biggest barrier. Yeah, thank you. I, I know people can't see us on our podcast, but I was shaking my head the whole time uh, <laughs> because uh, we've learned how technology can be great, but also not so accommodating when it sort of fails us or we fail it sometimes as well. So, uh, so um, in your paper then, what I think was really lovely is you went on to get, evaluate sort of the success of this new virtual OSCE. So talk a little bit about your approach to doing that. Sure. So first, I want to say, because we had to kind of shift everything very quickly, you know, we weren't able to design the evaluation as robustly as maybe we would have liked. So we really took a bit more of an exploratory analysis approach. I think we knew because this was such a big shift and so many changes were made, we definitely wanted to get some kind of feedback on the students and faculty and SPs perceptions about, you know, just how was the virtual OSCE from their standpoint. So I think that was one area we focused on. And then the other area that we really wanted to evaluate was, you know, I think probably most importantly, did shifting to a virtual OSCE impact student performance? So with those questions in mind, we did kind of design a, a bit of a mixed methods approach. So to kind of get some 
data on student and SP perceptions, we sent out a survey where we asked them to rate how effective the virtual OSCE was in demonstrating or assessing knowledge, problem-solving skills, and communication skills. And we also asked our SPs uh, who had participated in in in-person OSCEs before, basically, you know, how effective was an in-person versus a virtual OSCE uh, in assessing a student's knowledge, problem-solving skills, communication skills, or ability to conduct telehealth visits um, or in-person visits. So really just trying to see, you know, from an SP student perspective, did they feel like they were maybe not as effective for either demonstrating on the student side or assessing on the SP side uh, any of these main areas that we really hope to assess during an OSCE? The other thing we wanted to do was get a bit more kind of just open-ended response from the students and SPs. So we did have some open-ended questions, which we did a qualitative thematic analysis on just uh, to see whether a virtual OSCE was an acceptable alternative to an in-person OSCE. And then to look at performance data, what we did was we compared performance on in-person OSCEs with virtual OSCEs. So all of our virtual OSCE cases were pretty analogous to cases we had done in person at our SIM center in previous years. So we were able to compare performance on those OSCEs and overall performance on an OSCE. And we basically ran it through a logistic regression with a couple of predictors. All right. So I'm waiting in anticipation. So share with us some of the results you found from your evaluation. Yeah, sure. So I'll try to keep it short because there's there's a lot. So if I had to boil it down to, you know, a couple of key takeaways, I would say the first thing we found was from a kind of perception standpoint, the students and SPs did feel that the virtual OSCE was not as effective for demonstrating or assessing communication skills, particularly nonverbal communication. So both on the student and SP side, we had a lot of comments about how, you know, the interaction felt a little bit awkward. It was hard to kind of demonstrate and also pick up on those nonverbal cues that you were so used to with in-person interactions. And also in terms of building rapport, you know, that was difficult as well. So that was something that had come out pretty strongly from the survey results. I guess kind of the the good piece of news is even though they had that perception, it didn't actually translate to an actual difference in exam performance. So there was no difference in pass rates. When we looked at the different factors in the regression, virtual OSCEs and in-person OSCEs were, um, there was no difference in terms of pass rates there. We also looked at the kind of median and mean communication scores between in-person and virtual, and uh, we didn't find any difference there as well. I think some other kind of key highlights that had come out from our analysis was there were definitely some advantages to the virtual OSCE. And I think there were a lot of comments saying how, especially with telehealth increasing I think particularly post this pandemic, virtual OSCEs might be an increasingly important way of assessment because we are going to have to teach and assess our students how to conduct telehealth encounters. But the main kind of disadvantage or constructive comment was that, you know, it's likely that these virtual OSCEs cannot fully replace in-person OSCEs. 
So would you say that, uh, were there maybe some other findings in there that surprised you at all? Yeah, I would say, you know, I think the most surprising finding was that there was no difference in the communication scores. And we even parsed it out into like verbal communication, nonverbal communication, and ability to build rapport. So I think we were, you know, I guess kind of pleasantly surprised that we didn't see a difference in the nonverbal and the um, rapport communication scores, even though that had come out um, quite strongly in the comments. And I think, you know, part of that might be from training or maybe SPs because they knew the virtual environment was different. You know, perhaps they could have greeted a little more softly. We don't know. But I guess from a data standpoint, it was kind of surprising to see there wasn't a difference there. Yeah, well, I guess I was happy to see that, too. I think at least as an advocate for the students, it's great to know that you could change this modality entirely and yet it still appears as if they were succeeding uh, in the same capacity. So so this was, you know, what you've reported was stuff that you did uh, now 15 months ago in the spring of 2020. Of course, we know we had a whole nother academic year. Uh, I'm curious, since that initial implementation and what you describe in the paper, what other updates, modifications, changes have you made to this OSCE? Yeah, sure. So we've made um, a lot of changes. So initially with what we've described in the paper, it was either one case or two cases, but we've now um, run as many as four different cases um, kind of at the as the capstone OSCE. We've also increased our kind of room capacity so that we run up to nine rooms per case at the same time. And I think the other like really large and helpful modification we made was having just really more robust training. So our educational staff has developed recorded videos of training sessions, um, and they actually hold office hours to answer individual questions from SPs. And on the faculty side, we provide more robust SP training for the faculty SPs, especially for the capstone OSCEs. I think the other thing that's been nice is um, initially when we piloted, we tried to choose cases which didn't involve physical skills. So like demonstrating, you know, inhaler technique or insulin injection or ones that might have required a bit more advanced acting. So portraying a, you know, patient who's upset or a patient with depression. And we have been able to actually uh, run those OSCEs in a virtual setting as well. And they've been um, successful as well. So I'm curious, have you continued at all the similar type of evaluation you did? Uh, Have you found similar findings to your uh, evaluation in the paper? Yeah. So we've taken kind of, you know, I think we always take a look at the overall performance and pass rates um, looking at in-person versus virtual. And so far, there hasn't been a difference. Actually, the one difference we did see was students actually did better um, in one of our virtual OSCEs for one of our stations. But uh, that was more related to kind of how content was delivered. We haven't um, surveyed them again on the perceptions, but we do always check in with the students. And I think, you know, anecdotally, they're kind of just used to this new norms. Well, that's great. I'm glad to hear that. Are there plans then to continue this modality moving forward into the post-pandemic or maybe the endemic phase, uh, or said another way, into this next academic year for you guys? Yeah. So er- earlier I was saying how this experience was a blessing in disguise because right before COVID hit, we were trying to figure out how to fit more students into our Sim Center, which only holds 12 students at a time. 
And our typical class of students is around 130. So it's a lot of students to put into one Sim Center in a day. And so now that we have this virtual OSCE experience under our belts, what we're planning to do is actually have all the students go back to the Sim Center, so 12 students, and then also hold additional stations outside of the Sim Center that are virtual, meant to mimic telehealth stations. So with that, we can probably have 18 students doing their OSCE exams at once, which is great because we can finish our day in a much shorter amount of time. So that's probably one of our biggest plans to continue after we've had this virtual OSCE experience. Yeah, that sounds great. I mean, you get the, the students' experience to do both in-person and a, a virtual sort of telehealth uh, assessment. Exactly. Uh, and, at, and at the same time, you uh, decrease maybe the burden on your faculty, your SPs, to run these uh, in a bit more efficient, timely manner. So that sounds great. Well, I want to thank both of you for coming to our podcast today and sharing your paper with us. The full text of your manuscript is available on the JACCP website in the July 2021 issue. Thank you both again for your time today and your contributions to JACCP. Thank you. Thank you for having us.